At my wedding reception, the person quoted in the article writes, my boss came up to me and told me I was spending too much time talking to one person and that I needed to work the room more. Ooh, Maron. The amateur psychologist in me really wants to break this one down. And now, streaming at you in living color from the far reaches of podcast land, America's white-collar wise guy, the career conciliary. What do you hear? What do you say? Welcome to episode seven of the Career Conciliary Podcast, your no-frills, no-BS forum for navigating the corporate job scene. Jimmy with you once again for what we hope to be a highly informative and engaging half an hour or so. So we spent the last few episodes, as you know, beating the living hell out of how to write a resume. I know I'm shot from that. You probably are too. So I thought today we'd mix it up a little bit and throw in something that I know all of my favorite corporatopians can relate to. Yes, today we're going to hear about real people in real life out there in the corporate world who literally work for the real life Michael Scott. No, not Steve Carell in the flesh, but for bosses who either watched a little too much of The Office over the years or are just that unbelievably socially off kilter, like our friend Michael Scott. We're going to explore some very funny examples of crazy shenanigans that really did happen and leave you with some advice for what to do if you ever find yourself working for a character like this. So if you're ready, podcast land, let's get it. So for anyone listening who maybe doesn't know about the great Michael Scott, let's explain quick. This is a reference to the famous sitcom The Office one of cable TV's most successful endeavors of the past 20 years, and probably one of its last. I mean, The Office peaked on cable right before the point in time where the streaming apps really started dominating the entertainment landscape. So as far as cable TV goes, The Office is probably one of the last big successes cable TV's had. Interesting. Just shows you the times and how things are crazy now. For those of us that grew up watching cable and reading the TV guides, Man, things have changed, but that's not the point. Anyway, on the show, the legendary Steve Carell, we all know him, plays a character named Michael Scott. He's the boss at a company known as Dunder Mifflin, a fictitious paper company based in Scranton, Pennsylvania. The way the show is set up, for anybody not familiar, it's what they call a mockumentary out there in the comedy world. Basically, what happens is you alternate between watching reality TV scenes play out live and then short interviews with the characters from the scene to give all kinds of crazy, sarcastic commentary about what you just saw. So Michael Scott in the show is the king of awkward, uncomfortable situations. Basically, he's the boss of Dunder Mifflin, and he tries very, very hard to act large and in charge But at the same time, he really wants to fit in and win the approval of his team members. While all this is going on, he's also about as socially calibrated as a broken clock. So needless to say, some of the shenanigans and the stunts he pulls are uncomfortable and embarrassing as all hell to watch, even from the safety of your own couch in your own house. So if you've never seen the show, hit up YouTube, go watch 10 minutes of pretty much any episode, and you'll see what I mean right away. And a quick detour for all of you, quick sidebar about me, something you might appreciate. 
A lot of you might not know this about me, but I actually lived in Scranton during the height of the show's popularity. I actually did my bachelor's degree at a university up in that area, and I wound up getting a job up there, my very first quote-unquote big boy job at a school was up there. So I stuck around for a few more years after. I was up there about seven years altogether. Fish out of water, you think? But even though I lived right there during the peak of the show, believe it or not, to this day, I've actually never sat down and watched an entire episode start to finish. Now, don't get me wrong. I've seen tons of clips, shorts, bits and pieces here and there, stuff like that. But I actually never sat down and watched a full episode with that being my intention for the night. Yes, I know that's heresy for somebody that runs a podcast about corporate life. But nonetheless, there's your fun fact for the day. I'm really not a big TV guy, so if you know me, that's not surprising. But for all of you listening, you're probably like, what? What's this guy, crazy? Maybe I am. Who knows? But anyway, now that you got a flavor of who this Michael Scott character is, let's now look at some real Michael Scott-esque things that real bosses have done. Everything we're going to talk about here comes from a BuzzFeed article that was written earlier this month. First up... Renegade Ribbon Cutter, the employee quoted in the article says, we held the ribbon cutting ceremony for a new hospital unit. In the middle of the ceremony, my boss walked up from the audience, took the giant scissors from the chairman and cut the ribbon himself. Ha! Now look, even if you've never actually been to a ribbon cutting ceremony, you've seen them in the movies, on TV, you know what they're all about and how they work. A very important person is handed an impractically large pair of scissors and uses them to cut a ribbon to ceremoniously launch whatever new and exciting thing is being unveiled. In this case, it was a hospital wing or a hospital unit. Trust me, the person who was given the scissors originally has them for a reason. This person was usually instrumental to the project or are otherwise very highly respected in the organization. They have the scissors for a reason. So some random schmo like this walking up and hijacking the scissors to do the honors themselves is a huge social faux pas. Nails on a chalkboard, embarrassing, terrible. Now the article doesn't elaborate any further. We don't have any more details, more information on what took place and what the context was. And that was probably done on purpose, but who knows? Maybe there was a lot of joking around going on in the room and maybe the boss felt comfortable taking the lead as a way of adding to the humor. Who knows what really happened? But still, all things considered, you ruined the two seconds of time that the ceremony is all about. You took the honors away from somebody else. Shame on you, sir, whoever you are. We're just getting started, people. Next, we have a pantsless old man. The traumatized employee quoted in the article tells us, Long ago, my 80-year-old boss pulled me into his office. Paul, he said, I've noticed that your shirts come untucked, and that looks unprofessional. I apologized for this. He then said, I want you to start tucking your shirts into your underwear. Go ahead, try it right now. I told him, you know I have 15 women that report to me. I can't just start undoing my pants here in the office. His response, sure you can. And that's when he dropped his own pants, revealing a pair of Spider-Man underwear he was wearing. There's a million different ways I can go with my reaction on this, but... All I'm going to say is what really surprises me about this most above all else is the things that people will do simply because their boss said so. 
if you put me in that same situation, knowing how I am when it comes to stuff like this, not that I've ever had an old man drop his pants in front of me, thank God, but knowing myself, I would probably be so perplexed and confused at what I was being asked to do that I couldn't possibly take it seriously. I'd probably wind up just walking out of the office in some kind of a confused daze. Now, it sounds like the subject in this story, the guy who was quoted in the article, is a guy. And every guy that's worked in a corporate environment knows that every once in a while, your shirts come untucked. You're moving around, especially if you got to lift something up, sometimes just getting up and down from your chair. It just, it pulls on your shirt and sometimes it comes untucked from your pants. It happens. It's a problem as old as time. The solution, a simple one. Tighten your belt a notch. Does the trick every time. Happens to me at least once a week. I tighten the belt, boom, done. No more worries. At 80 years old, I think the glory days for this guy's boss are long gone. And to be honest, he was probably just looking for an excuse to drop trow with someone else present that wasn't his urologist. Scary stuff. Now, we never found out what happened to the witness on this one after the pants dropping incident. But I think we can assume that he safely got the hell out of Dodge before things really took a turn for the worse. At least I hope so. Now, this next one's a lot less graphic, but still pretty messed up in its own right. At my wedding reception, the person quoted in the article writes, my boss came up to me and told me I was spending too much time talking to one person and that I needed to work the room more. Ooh, my on. The amateur psychologist in me really wants to break this one down. My best guess in a situation like this, if you're a boss being invited to one of your employees' weddings, he probably didn't know anyone else at the wedding, probably felt real uncomfortable, and since he's used to being in charge of the groom the rest of the time, he's used to having that kind of dynamic going on in the relationship, he probably just forgot the context of where he was, alcohol probably had a lot to do with it, and morphed into unsolicited mentor mode. Highly inappropriate, highly disrespectful, especially on a dude's wedding day. But if the boss here is anything like the Michael Scott character, it probably didn't come from a bad place. Probably just some really uncalibrated, socially awkward behavior at a really unfortunate time. Now, I have a feeling a lot of us can probably relate to this next one. My boss wanted a pomegranate for lunch. They were out of season, but that didn't stop him from sending me on a quest to every grocery store in town searching for a pomegranate. When I got there, the produce guys all laughed at me, and needless to say, I never found one. When I got back to work, the boss was eating a sandwich and seemed to have forgotten that he'd ever even sent me out to go get his pomegranate. You guys ever been in a situation like this where your boss tells you something that's mission critical, makes it seem like everyone's going to die if said thing doesn't happen yesterday and sends you on some kind of a wild goose chase, run some report, send some email, go research some asinine, wild, crazy, stupid thing? You ever have that happen? Really makes you feel like a doof when you bust your ass to get it done and do the thing and then all of a sudden you get a reaction like this. Wasn't really that big of a deal. They forgot all about it really makes you feel like a doof. Now, this is where, listeners, I give you a very similar Michael Scott-esque story of my own. In my very first job, I worked for a restaurant ice cream shop joint. It was a busy Saturday in July, prime season in that business, and everybody and their 12 cousins were ordering banana splits that day for some reason. I don't know. It must have been National Friggin' Banana Day. Who knows? 
So needless to say, we ran through all the bananas that we had on hand in like less than an hour. I think by one o'clock, they were all gone. We opened at 11. All right, so two hours it was, whatever. Still, very, very quick. Unusually quick to go through that many bananas. Crazy day that was. And the, the thing about bananas, we really didn't keep a lot of them on hand. Bananas were tricky because they didn't last long. They'd wilt right away if you put them in the refrigerator. So you had to keep them out dry. But they're awkwardly shaped. They really don't go nicely anywhere. So we didn't really have a great way to store them. So because of that, and because we didn't make that many banana splits, it was like once in a while, we only ever kept like two to three bunches on hand at a time. But luckily, we had a big supermarket directly across the parking lot from where the restaurant was. So my boss looks at me and sends me on a super important mission to go buy bananas and save the day. I remember power walking across the parking lot. It was about, I'm going to say probably 200 yards, the restaurant door to the supermarket's door. I remember power walking to the point where I was almost running, knowing that the boss man back at the ranch probably had a stopwatch timing every second that I was on the clock and not physically present in the building, knowing how he was. I'll get more into him in a second. But the other thing, is I was the youngest one there, and I was always trying to prove myself and gain respect from my colleagues. I was only 15, and we had people working there, some of them 20, 30 years my senior. So in a situation like that, if you put yourself in the shoes of a 15-year-old, myself, in a situation where you're the youngest one, you're trying to gain street cred, you're trying to gain respect, I was over the moon that it was me, of all people, who was given this super critical, important task for that day. I couldn't wait to walk back in. I, I had this whole fantasy playing out in my head. I was going to walk back in. There was going to be triumphant music somehow playing over the loudspeaker. I was going to have the bananas in hand, and I was going to get a wave of adulation and praise from everyone back in the place who was surely standing there in anxious anticipation of my return. Except that's not at all how it went. When I got back, the first thing I noticed as soon as I opened the door the place we stored the bananas was like right in my line of sight. Flung the door open, and the first thing I see is about 60 bananas, mostly still green and kind of crappy looking, sitting on top of the microwave where we always kept them. Very compliant with Department of Health standards, by the way. Way to go, restaurant. Let's keep all these bananas on top of a filthy industrial-powered microwave that gives off radiation. Ugh. Man, thinking about all the health violations we probably had in that place, it's a wonder we didn't get shut down. As far as I know, the place is gone now. They, they must have, have eventually crossed the line. I think it just closed last year. So I guess another 20, 25 years of, of crap like that going on, they, they finally got shut down. But anyway, hopefully that paints the picture for you of, of how the, this afternoon went. So what happened? How did these bananas magically show up? Turns out, come to find out later... The boss man had originally sent one of the dishwashers on the banana run about 45 minutes earlier before he asked me. But I guess the dude was dragging ass and he wasn't making any moves. So that's when good old Jimmy got tapped on the shoulder. Now this dishwasher guy was about the biggest creep you'll ever meet. He was the kind of guy you see walking down the sidewalk carrying 12 bags of groceries because he's got some weird paranoia about taking the bus. Or maybe because he's got warrants on him and he tries to avoid contact with municipal employees like bus drivers. Who knows? Probably some crazy combination of both, knowing that place. But anyway, now, now that you can envision this guy, all 330 pounds of him, 
you can understand why he wouldn't jump right up when asked to go on a supermarket run during his shift. I guess what happened was he finally got motivated to make the trip when he realized he could smoke three cigarettes and half a blunt in the time it would take him to go there and back. And that must be when he finally made his move. Now, to tie this crazy story back to the boss I had, this guy, absolutely unforgettable individual. Thinking back on it, he was just a middle-aged dude whose life clearly hadn't gone the way that he'd hoped. And I'll tell you, he took every opportunity to bully and harass just about everybody in the place. Older, younger, guy, girl. It really didn't matter. He was a little nicer to the girls, but not by much. I witnessed so many things. And he was maniacal about it. He had a way of insulting and undermining you in such an artful and intelligent way that you were left feeling like you'd somehow wronged humanity and were going to bankrupt the corporation for putting too much hot fudge on a five-year-old's ice cream sundae. It was sick. Sick stuff. I was in high school when I worked there. And to this day, it's been decades, I have still, and this is the God's honest truth, still never come across a leader quite as diabolical as him. I've had some other bad ones, but... Nobody quite like him. He's in a league of his own. He must have liked me because he wrote me an absolute gem, a Pulitzer Prize winner of a college recommendation letter. But you'd never know it if you observed this interacting for even 30 seconds. But look, I suppose it's people and experiences like this that really build character. Put it this way. All of my friends, on the contrary, whose first job, quote unquote, was an unpaid internship, their junior year of college, couldn't dream in their wildest dreams of starting a podcast to advise people in the corporate workplace. So look at that. Turmoil has its payoff, huh? Look at all the benefit that all you guys get from the crazy stuff I had to put up with when I wasn't even old enough to drive a car. You're welcome. Now, these examples, they're wild, they're crazy, they're outrageous. And in the grand scheme of things, they really aren't that big of a deal. Except maybe the old man with the underwear. I don't think our subject made too big a deal out of it in the story. Probably spared the poor bastard a whole world of legal trouble. But anyway, that's the only one that's like kind of a big deal. But if you're listening to this show, you've been around long enough to have had bosses that have put you in crazy situations like this. So to get back to reality, what do you do when Michael Scott, figuratively speaking, strikes in real life? And let's answer that with today's conciliary call to action. All right, so let's revisit the ribbon cutter, the guy who took the scissors in the big ceremony and went up and cut the ribbon himself. You'll probably never witness anybody actually do that. I mean, if you do, please tell me. But if you ever witness some kind of an outrageous, highly uncomfortable, big-time social no-no like that, all you do, just stand there, look pretty, say nothing, and never talk about it again. Sometimes, and you know, here's the thing with, with bosses. You know, a lot of the times, and I'm sure a lot of you can probably relate to this, bosses, many, many times, they tend to overassert themselves. Corporate workplaces are competitive environments. I mean, lots of times there's a survival of the fittest mentality. And in many cases, the boss tries to let everybody know that they're large and in charge and, and they want to make a statement. They, they want everybody else to know that they got control of the situation. So you'll see stuff, maybe not to this extreme, but you'll see stuff like this happen. Somebody steps a little bit out of bounds. 
in a way to make a statement, steps over somebody, kind of crosses the line a little bit. It happens, and you're limited in, as to what you can do about it, especially if, if that's your superior doing it. But when it's a highly embarrassing situation like this, and we've all witnessed bosses doing it, just stand there, look pretty, and try your best to pretend it never happened. The Spider-Man underwear example. The lesson here, just because your boss tells you to do something doesn't mean you should. And I know what it's like. I mean, when you report to somebody, you're used to the relationship with that person being they talk, they tell you to do, and you do. That's how it is a lot of the time. But in a situation like this, where you're being asked to do something unethical, something that really crosses a line, like pull your pants down and start messing with your undergarments in front of people of the opposite gender, crazy situation. You have to be able to use your best judgment, even in a crazy situation like that, because your mind can be so, can become so conditioned over time to just listen blindly to whatever your boss says. Remember this example. And in a situation like that, you kind of have to know when to turn on your common sense. And most of you out there probably do. But there's even been situations myself where I was asked to do things and say things and nothing quite to this extent, but things that were like thinking back on it like, yeah, why did I do that? I mean, that that wasn't cool. So in this kind of situation, just remember, yes, they're your boss and you have to listen to them, but only when you're being asked to do appropriate things. So take that to mean what you will. A wedding reception example. When the groom had his boss come up to him and tell him to work the room more during his own wedding. Crazy. Look, if you have a good relationship with your boss, then yeah, inviting them to a private social event like this can definitely be a polite, respectful gesture. Another personal story for me, I mean, growing up, my father was friends with one of his managers. We have pictures in the family photo albums of going on vacation with, with him and his family. So there are times where it can definitely work. But... You have to know who you're inviting. In a situation like this, when, you know, the boss really kind of oversteps the bounds and makes an inappropriate comment like that, especially at a guy's wedding, chances are the boss had done stuff like that in the past. Maybe he felt compelled to invite the boss to the wedding for fear of it looking bad. Who knows what the backstory is? But it's your wedding, it's your day, and it's your private life. You don't owe your boss anything outside the confines of the job. So if you want to be polite and respectful and, and kind of mix work and personal like that, you can just be really careful about how you do it. If you've had warning signs, if your boss or colleague, whoever it is, has shown signs of being inappropriate in the past and they kind of have a propensity to cross the line like this, maybe inviting them to your wedding isn't the best idea. So whatever you choose to do, just make sure you put a lot of thought into it first. And finally, what do we take away from my own personal banana story? I don't really know what could have been done to prevent this. I mean, honestly, it was really just an unfortunate turn of events and bad timing, laziness, a lot of things going on at once that led to that kind of outcome. But I guess what you can all take away from it, if you're ever asked to perform a random task that seems like it might be a little bit outside the bounds of, your, of what your job role is, don't be afraid to challenge your boss on it. Now, me back then, 15 years old, working at an ice cream shop, I didn't have a leg to stand on. I was in no kind of position to challenge my boss in a situation like that. I was just happy that I was the one being asked to do it. I felt like it was a contribution. So I didn't have the real world experience, nor the spine, nor the courage, nor 
anything that it would have taken to challenge my boss on something like that. But for those of you out there in the corporate world, you have enough experience and you should have enough self-respect to know where the lines are. So if you're being consistently asked to do unorthodox things that really aren't your job, then you might be in the wrong job. And don't be afraid to stand up for yourself and say something about it. Sadly, folks, that's all the time we have for today. But have no fears and shed no tears, because I'll be back with a new episode every week. As they say in the industry, no listeners, no show. So do me a favor and stay loyal. If you find value in my content, the best thing you could do is leave me a nice review, tell all your friends, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. And beyond the confines of your headphones, speakers, TV screen, or any other crazy contraption with the ability to stream audio, I also provide one-on-one career assistance. So visit my website at career-conciliary.net to learn more about me, book me for one-on-one coaching, join my email list, or explore some of the other career services that I offer. And to all of you out there in podcast land, remember this. Who's the boss in your career? You. Nobody else.